Hi, I'm Eric Roberts from worshipthekeng.com and today I'm going to be talking to you about worship leadership and leadership and worship is a lot more than just leading the music. A lot of times it's about leading people and building teams. And if you can't do those things on a personal basis like build your teams and uh, create an atmosphere of um, inclusion and have um, help on stage, it's really hard to lead worship either all by yourself all the time or with a bunch of people that you can't get along with. You know, so these things all sort of kind of come flying at our face as worship leaders. You know, we are um, start out thinking, oh, I'm going to, I love guitar and I love God and I want to worship and we start building, you know, going to a church and maybe doing our music and, and all of a sudden, bam, you know, it's like, all these issues with people and all these um, pastoral, you know, working with the pastor team and, and then working inside of a church and it's like, oh, what, what happened? Um, and I've seen this really affect people. And it's affected me almost my whole life as a worship leader until I began to sort of develop um, sort of like the tricks of the trade and, and I put them into my Propel Worship Leadership Seminar and, and then I began to teach them to others. But I, I've seen my friends, you know, just be to the point of, I don't want to do this anymore. I've, I've watched uh, people quit, you know, almost quit ministry over, over nothing that had to do with the ministry, nothing that had to do with the God or the people that we're serving, but just pure leadership inadequacies and um, kind of caving under the pressure. So. Uh, there is a lot of pressure uh, to lead worship and to lead a band. I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure. Just to pull off a service takes a lot of talent and uh, takes a lot of effort. And it also takes a lot of people. I mean, you get a lot of people, sometimes you can get a lot of problems. And so, uh, or some of you might be saying, my only problem is I don't have any people. I don't have enough people. And so I've created sort of... Um, um, different models. There's two different models uh, when you're building worship teams and I've, I see them both being used. Mostly I see this one, a bunch of people on stage rotating in and out. So um, I'm going to talk to you today about building a team model and rotating teams instead of just um, rotating a bunch of people up onto your worship stage and off. And so in the first model, which, which I don't like as well, you have a worship team or a worship leader. And then you have all these musicians in this sort of pool of musicians. And then it's like this drummer and that bass player and this guitar player and that singer and this choir this week. And then next week it's that drummer but this bass player and then this guitar player and this. So you're rotating a bunch of musicians around yourself as a worship leader. And so it, it creates some problems. And one of the problems is it creates a ton of burnout in you and in the people that you're rotating. Because uh, there may be only one bass player and so he's always playing. Or there may be, you know, six drummers that want to play, and so now we have uh, only they're only playing once a month. So now they don't get to play very much, and then they don't learn the songs. And there's just a, there's a lot of problems when you're just rotating people on teams. And I've I've seen my uh, friends who are worship leaders struggle just um, not being able to get um, enough people, and then they lose team members, and then they they they're kind of burned out themselves. They're on stage all the time, and so um, when you're rotating. A bunch of musicians in a church around a worship leader, creating bands, then uh, creating a band, or if you're letting um, four guitar players play all the time, which just 
a side note, that's too many guitar players. Nobody needs a, I can't think of any modern worship arrangement that actually would need four guitar players or three keyboard players. So I think that when you're just rotating musicians, this problem happens too. So we have four guitar players and three piano players and um, you know this many 18 singers and you know, you know seven altos and you know six basses and one tenor. You, you have sort of a whoever is involved is involved. And it's hard as a leader to manage that and also to look at people and say, well, you know, Cindy and Bob, would you just mind to sit out for a couple weeks? Uh, we have too many guitar players. Can you just play next month instead? There's not structure there and it's really hard. People, people, musicians can get, you know, temperamental, they get upset, you might hurt somebody's feelings and then you got that whole mess. Well, how do you fix it? Anyway, you can go around in circles with this and that's why I've created a model that where you're rotating teams. It's a team rotation model. I teach it in my Propel Worship Leadership seminars in much greater detail, but I'm gonna give you a really good overview of it right now. So how I do this is, it, and a few things that is good about this, is number one, it's gonna end your stress. It's gonna end your burnout. It's gonna build your teams. It's gonna give you multiple teams and it's gonna kind of skill batch your musicians together. In other words, if you have some musicians who are really, really hot players, they may be on red team, and then you might have some players who are just beginning, they might be the blue team. And so you're actually not gonna be putting a really great, amazing drummer with a beginning bass player and beginning guitarist. It creates a lot of frustration for us musicians when that happens. And it never really allows you to grow in the way that it would be a team growing. Uh, you, you hopefully you're growing always and your musicians are getting better, but a lot of times they might just um, be stagnant, okay? So I skill batch into colored teams. Red, blue, green, orange. I take who I have and I introduce this to my team as we're growing. We're gonna be growing, we're gonna change things, we're gonna, you know, some of you guys are getting really tired, we're, we're you know, we, I wanna help burn out. You introduce this to your team in a way, in a non-threatening way, and then you skill batch your players into teams. So I would t take my red team as my A team, but never call them your A team. Never call them number one, team number two, team number three. Do not do that, because then you've created a hierarchy. If there's a hierarchy that's created, let it be in their minds. They'll know, some of them will know, yeah, I'm on the team, we're just still kind of learning, but that team is really good. I mean, some of them are gonna know, but don't do it for them. Don't say, you know, A team, B team, A, you guys are down there on the crappy team. Don't do that. So what you do is you start out by a red team. I would pick the players that I wanna play with the most. And as a worship leader, uh, this, is a, this is like a leadership training, I wanna play with certain people more than others. And so I would just know that, and I would sort of start to put them on a red team. Then I would take my secondary players, my ones that may be a little, little harder to play with or still learning, put them on a blue team. I batch their skill levels into three, or three teams maybe, or two, depending on how many you have. But the goal is to have two, three, even four color teams rotating. So let's talk about how it would start. You would say, hey guys, we're gonna do this. Red team's gonna be playing three weeks. And on the fourth week, I'm gonna have the blue team. That gives the red team a break. That, that, that will end your burnout. And then you kind of do that, three on red, one on blue. I've seen churches do four reds, four blue, four red, four blue, on four, four, off four. That works really good too, because people get to sit in the pew, they get to sit with their family. 
and about that. I've done this before where people will say, uh, I like to play every week. I, I, I don't want to rotate. I, I'm, I'm the bass player. I'll play every week. You know, and or I've I've played every week for five years. Why would I, why would I want to go and not play uh, again? Uh, and you just kind of let them know this is for the team. This is for us. You maybe that player will come to the blue team practices and help that blue bass player out. Pretty soon he's going to be like, hey, this happens. Pretty soon he's going to say, hey, I love this week off. I sat with my wife. I went out to eat. I didn't have to get up early. All of a sudden they're like, wow, this is nice. This model also it does something to your team. It changes from right to privilege. They start to see, I'm a part of a team. I'm a part of a bigger picture. I'm not just the, I'm not the bass player. I'm not the bass player. I'm a bass player. I'm not the guitarist. I'm not the electric guitarist. I'm an electric guitarist in this worship team or teams. The other thing it does, it opens up doors because now you may have a blue team that has no electric guitarist and that's okay because you're gonna be promoting to your congregation. We're growing, we're building, and now all of a sudden somebody comes up and says, well, I, I play electric guitar, so I'd like to get involved. I found some phenomenal players this way. Uh, before their team rotating going on, people just thought, well, they've already got everybody they need. There's no place for me. I've seen people come out of the congregation who are just phenomenal players. And I think like, wow, where, where did you come from? So you gotta really believe there are people out there with talent ready to go, and they're gonna. This is gonna actually help your whole program. So team building or team batching and skill batching and, and doing the color rotation, it does so many good things for you. And at the very end, here's what it does. You'll never have to face burnout because in one of these teams, you can be raising up a new worship leader. Now this worship leader may only play once a month or once a quarter but you're building and developing this team. Now, as a trainer and a worship leader, you're going to the practices for blue team and red team and orange team. You're actually practicing with them. And in some cases, if you have an orange team that's really new, they might not be on except once every six months in the beginning. Or um, I've actually had teams that I started and told them, you won't be on until you're ready. And it's taken six months. We practiced every week and built that team until they actually, at that place, had become the team that was leading worship. So, all the time. that You kind of can create whole worship teams and develop without, uh, you know, without, I don't want to say it, but I will, without torturing everybody else on the congregation. You don't, you don't just have these players up there that don't know what they're doing. In other words, you can work together, training them, building them, uh, and then when they come out on stage for the first time, it's not like that's the first time they're on stage. Uh, they've been on stage every week rehearsing, maybe not in front of the congregation, but they're just getting better and better. This, this, this works so well for every aspect of your team, like training and getting more people in the door and also uh, fighting burnout, because in the end, you've got teams that can do it. If you need to be sick for a week, if you need to go on vacation for two weeks, you just write yourself out of the rotation and write them in. Some of these teams will be led by you, some of them might not be. That's part of the key. So uh, you want to help yourself not be burned out. It, it's terrible when you, you see somebody, I've led worship, you know, for 377 Sundays and you just see their face, you can see it in their eyes, they're just exhausted. Nobody wants to do that, uh, but as a worship leader, if you take off a week or two, and everything goes smooth, you come back, it just gives you that feeling of, this is my privilege. <clears throat> it isn't my right, 
and it isn't my, uh, my job, I have to do this. It's a privilege, and that's another great thing that this does. So if you have any questions, always feel free to ask me, and I'm inviting you to join me at worshipthekeng.com. Again, I'm Eric Roberts, and I really pray about this. Consider how this can help you, your ministry, your church, and uh, let me know if you have any questions implementing it and getting it going. Uh, it, it really, really, really will change everything for you. All right.